Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, good morning, Calvary. Hey, so good to see you today, whether you're here in Auditorium 1, joining us in A2, or if you're watching online or by way of television. So glad that you are here today. Grab your Bibles with me, if you would. Please turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, as you're going there, many of you have been very kind, very gracious, and have asked about my voice. If you remember back in June, I mentioned that I had a lesion on one of my vocal cords and have had some opportunities to kind of spread out my preaching a little bit, and many of you have prayed. I had a scan, a scope just again a couple of weeks ago. They take a metal pipe and like stick it in your mouth as far as it'll go. Praise God, it is just, helps your prayer life, it's awesome. And uh, had one of those, had my last physical therapy or uh, vocal therapy appointment this week. When they did the scan a couple of weeks ago, they looked and they said that lesion that was there in June, we do not see in September. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, so three things. One, uh, I, I attribute that to um, just making some changes in how I speak and how much water I drink and how I take care. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in the first of the year. You know God's given us a temple we're supposed to take care of, right? And uh, so that's, that's a whole nother sermon. It's coming, it's coming. The second thing, I attribute it to your prayers. And so thank you so much for your prayers. Number three, we have a God who heals, amen? And, uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. I'm so thankful for that today. Um, anytime that I get the privilege to stand here and bring God's word, there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with it. But once in a while, there's, there's a message that comes with a heavier weight. And for whatever reason, I've felt that um, really in multiple ways going into today. So before we jump into Luke 15, will you pray with me? So Father, we thank you for your word and how it speaks to our hearts. And Lord, I know it's not for everybody, but there are people watching this message listening to this podcast, sitting in this building, for whom very specifically, you have a message of life and hope and encouragement today. One that could be a a hinge from your word that turns some things in in their life and the life of those that they love. So God, would you use your word today? Would you help us, we pray? In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. We are in a series of messages that we are calling Coming Home. When you leave today, you'll have the opportunity to grab uh, one or as many of these cards as you like. We're looking at kind of taking a deep dive in the parable of the prodigal son. We'll talk about that story, one of the most famous stories that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, ultimately, it's the story of the prodigal. What's a prodigal? Someone who is far from home whether that be geographically, relationally, in the most part, we're talking about spiritually, someone who has wandered far from home and the desire is for them to come back. And if you have somebody like that in your life, I really hope that you will invite them to join us. Next week, we're gonna take a look at the older, if you know the story, next week, we're gonna take a look at the older son in the story in Luke chapter 15. And then that, that first Sunday in November, the 7th, Thursday night, the 4th, Sunday morning, the 7th, 
We're going to look at the younger son, and I think if there was ever a Sunday for you to invite someone to come with you or encourage them to watch online, even after the fact, these messages, you can point them to YouTube or to um, Facebook or to our website to watch these messages after the fact, and uh, really important messages, so I hope you will invite someone, pray about those people in your life who may be far from home. Um, Today, though, is a little different. Usually, the, the hope is, you're also probably asking right now, I probably should say this, you're probably saying, if your voice is so good, why do you sound like that today? I got a cold. Anybody ever got a cold? Remember back in 2019 when we got colds? Do you remember that? Got one. Retro. So, I got this cold. So, today's a little different. Like, usually, we, we kind of want to paint with a broad brush. Today's for a very specific group of people. No apologies. It's for people very specifically who are in a certain season of life. Maybe you've been there before and you're not anymore. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you could never imagine that you would ever be there or or maybe possible that you'll be there in the future. We're gonna take a look again and read through the first part of the parable of the prodigal son like we did last week. And I wanna make some observations kind of by looking at one of the characters and specifically how we can relate to them. We painted a picture last week from this story that I, that I know as far as biblical accuracy is not a right one. This is not how it looked in scripture, but this is how it looks in my mind. That whenever I read this story, I see a scene from Gone with the Wind or Forrest Gump. I told you about that, right? That I see the picture of someone on the porch of the house and then that long driveway and somebody coming down the driveway, run, Forrest, run. You know what I'm talking about, right? And there's that picture that I see in my mind. If you don't know the story of the prodigal son, here it is in a nutshell, we'll read it. But it's a young man who runs away from home, basically, makes a ton of terrible decisions. He lives the high life and then finds himself at the lowest of lows. And in that point says, I just need to go back home. And the picture is of this young man, and he's walking down this long driveway, and he's, he's heading back towards his house. And as he's going, he's rehearsing the speech in his mind that he's going to say to his dad when he sees him. And the beautiful part of the story is it says that while he's still a long way off, the dad spots him. Like the dad sees him when he's still gone from a distance because he's on the porch, and he's looking for his son. Here's here's my question for you today. What do you do if you're the person on the porch? Sometimes we relate to the older son. Sometimes we relate to the younger son. Today, I want to speak to those of you that relate to the father in this story. And you go, there is a loved one in my life. There is a prodigal in my life. And I'm the person on the porch. What do you do if you're the one who every chance you get, you're looking to see? Are they coming home? usually the, the person on the porch is a parent. That's kind of the picture that we think of oftentimes as a parent with a child who is a prodigal. And that, that may be the situation for you, but that's not always what it is. I know some people where it's not a parent who's waiting for their prodigal child to come home. It's a child who's waiting for their prodigal parent to come home. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it might be a family member, a cousin. Could be a friend. It might even be the person who, who, who brought you to church, who led you to Jesus. And now they're the one that's wandered away. What do you do? And this is the, the question we're asking today. If you're the person on the porch, let's go to the story. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus tells three stories. You, sh- you should go back and read the first two. Three stories in Luke chapter 15 about things that are lost and how they get found. And here's what we read. There was a man who had two sons. 
And the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Remember the intensity of this, because it's as if the son was saying, hey, dad, I want your stuff more than I want relationship with you. It's kind of like you're dead to me. So can I just have your stuff? Because I really don't care about you anymore. That's what the son was communicating. So not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He cashed it out. And he set off for a distant country. Remember that, that he went to a distant country. And there squandered his wealth in wild living. He was reckless and he was immoral. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Good Jewish boys don't look for jobs among pigs, true? That tells you how low this has gotten for him. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So he went from living the highlight, had all that cash, having lots of friends and lots of stuff, to getting to a point where he had no things and no one. This is a story of someone who has hit rock bottom. And what if that's you that's on the porch watching this happen to your loved one? What if you can insert a name into that story somewhere? Maybe it's still in the high life. Maybe it's in the pig pen. That you can insert a name into that story and say, I'm on the porch waiting for them to come home. What do you do? I want to challenge you that maybe the most practical, and I would, I would argue the most powerful thing you can do is pray. Because oftentimes the choices of a prodigal are out of your control, are they not? Right? That, that's kind of why it ended up the way it is in the first place. So the powerful thing we can do if you're waiting on the porch is that you pray for that prodigal. And if you're in that place and you're praying for that person who is making decisions, who is making bad choices, who you're watching the course their life is going and it's breaking your heart. If you're on the porch right now, I want to give you three prayers for the porch. That as we look at this story, three ways that we can pray for the people in our lives who are far from home. Here's the first one. Prayer number one. And make them real personal. They're, they're your prayers to take. I pray that they will come to their senses. That as you pray for your loved one, you pray and say, God, I pray that they will come to their senses. Almost sounds judgmental and offensive, doesn't it, when you pray that? Except it's a biblical request. Go back to the story. Because we know he's in the pig pen, right? Remember that? Watch what happens next. Luke chapter 15, verse 17. When he came to his senses. I love that line. Because that's the whole hinge of the story. The whole story turns on the fact that one day this younger son goes, wait a minute, this does not make sense. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? Here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. When we pray a prayer for those that we love who are far from home, we pray, God, will you help them to come to their senses? It sounds kind of judgmental, but it's not. Let let me break it down for you just a little bit. In one way, this is a situational prayer. You're praying, God, will you change situations in their life so this person that is far from you will see their need to come back to you. Because oftentimes, if it's just smooth sailing, we never see what God's trying to do in our lives. Isn't that true? 
How many of you, like, like I, don't, I don't care where you put yourself in this continuum right now, but how many of you, there's times when it's in a crisis that God gets your attention? Anybody? <laughs> it's in the tough times that I'm willing to go, God, I need you. So sometimes what we need is situations to change. The people in our lives, the things that are happening, the circumstances. And this prayer is one that we say, God, if you need to change the situation in their life, that they go from being on top of the world to being desperate enough that they realize that they're in a place they do not want to be. God, will you change this situation so that they'll come to their senses? Now look, we can often pray that prayer in a judgmental way. Well, if they just think right, they wouldn't do this. If they just were holy like me, they wouldn't be like that. But do you remember where the son went? The son went from home to a distant country. And the reality is the distant country is a deceptive place. And if you're honest with yourself, we've all wanted to visit there at some point or another. True. That distant country, that's a place that's filled with temptation. It's filled with curiosity. It's filled with our desires. It's a place where we go to get our, what we think are our needs met. And we think that it's the place that we should go. We, we fear that we're missing out. And so we think we need what is in that distant country. We find a place to belong there. So we think that that's where we're going to go. We think we find freedom when we go there because we can do whatever we want in that distant country. And let's just be honest. All of us have wanted to visit at some point or another. True? And so if that's the case, remember that if your loved one finds themselves in that place, they're in a place because they think that's the place they want to be. Oftentimes, that's what draws them there to begin with, at least, until they reach a point of maybe coming to their senses. So what happens so many times is we fail to understand what's going on in the heart of the person that we love. So if you're praying this prayer that they come to their senses, ask God to help you understand their heart. Not just to judge them, not just to preach at them, but to understand why they're making the choices that they're making, what it is that they're looking for, what void they're trying to fill, what's really going on inside of them, and say, God, will you help me not just to preach to them, but help me to listen to them. I might not know what's going on in their heart until I listen long enough till I can relate what's going on in their life. And say, God, will you help me understand what's going on in their heart? Because I don't care how much situations change, Things will not be different. They're, they're not going to come to their senses until it's not just their situation. But this is also a spiritual prayer. It's a situational prayer, but it's also a spiritual prayer. What they ultimately need is God to awaken something in their heart to see their need for him. True? Isn't that what happened to many of us? They came to a point where I says, God, I just, I need you. Here's, here's part of the challenge. If someone is, let's just use the, the language in the story, right? If someone is in a distant country, and at the moment they're enjoying themselves there, then they already think they have come to their senses, don't they? They think they're the one who's thinking right, and you're the one who's not. I'm the one who's figured it out. I'm the one who's found freedom. I'm the one who's enjoying life. You're the one who's bound up and thinking in that old-fashioned way. And so oftentimes the problem is we pray for someone to come to their senses, and they think they already have. I can do whatever I want. Look at this. This is great. It's not until like we saw last week that there comes a point where you realize that that's just not true and what's going on in your life is not going to last. What you really need is an awakening of some kind. Get this, both verse 18 and verse 20 of this parable start with the same word. It's a Greek word and it's anastas and it means to stand up or to get up or to get ready to go somewhere. 
But in other places in scripture, it's also used of the idea of rising up, even of something being brought back to life. So what we need to see happen in the lives of those that we love, and what happened to the guy in this story is he didn't just get up so he could physically go to his father's house. Something spiritually woke up inside of him. He had a resurrection of sorts in faith and of his need for Jesus. So when we pray this prayer, we pray it about the situation, we pray it spiritually. Why is, why is that so important? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 tells us this, that the God of this age, that's not the God that you and I serve. When you see this lowercase g, we're talking here about the devil, right? Because he has spiritual power of this age in this world right now. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. So when we pray for those that we love, who may be far from home, we say, God, will you help them to come to their senses? And what we're praying is that the blindness will be lifted and that they'll see the light. Pray that the blindness will be lifted and that they'll see the light of what God wants to do and what he wants to work in their hearts. We're all friends here, right? You have so encouraged me today. We're, we're all friends here, right? All right, let me see the hands of all the control freaks. Anybody? Mine's up. Control freaks? Okay. Yeah, there's usually one in every marriage. Anybody else? This is kind of for you. Pray that the blinders will be lifted and that they will see the light. And can I tell you something? Oftentimes when you pray that prayer, you won't be the answer to it. You'll want to be. You'll want to be the one whose words are going to change things. You'll want to be the one who's going to make everything right. And oftentimes, oftentimes when I pray this prayer, I'm too close. God's got to use someone else or something else. So pray that the right person, the right conversation, the right thing's going to come their way. That will help that person that you love come to their senses, whether it was you or not. Does that make sense? First prayer. I pray that they will come to their senses. And let me tell you about this second prayer. What's interesting is when you get to this point in the story, so far how we've read, that's it. That's all we get from the son. This younger son doesn't do anything else in this story. The rest of it's on the father. So when you pray for your prodigal, you don't just pray for the one that's far from home. Now you gotta pray about yourself too. Where you are, how you're gonna respond. Because so much of this was on the actions of the father in this story. So let's go to a second prayer. First one, I pray that he'll come to his senses. Number two, I pray that I will be filled with compassion. Number two, I pray that I will be filled with compassion. Watch what happens in the story. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. But while he, the younger son, was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. Here, here's the truth. If you love someone and then they go far from home, doesn't it leave a void inside of you? I mean, even, even in the best of circumstances, you, you love someone and then they move, there's an emptiness that's in there. But when they spiritually move far from home, it leaves a void in your heart. That void will be filled with something. What will you let it be filled with? 
Right? This is the New Living Translation. says, so, so the younger son returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. That prodigal will leave a hole in your heart, and you're going to fill it with something. So we pray this prayer and say, Lord, will you fill me with compassion? Why do you pray that? Well, because this is a prayer about your emotion. This is a prayer about how you will emotionally handle what might be one of the most difficult situations, seasons, or relationship in your life. True? And so you pray about your emotions. What do we see in this story? We see that the father was filled with love and compassion. That was his emotional response in this moment. Now, there's something interesting about that. One of the things that's interesting about that is that that love and compassion is emotion that goes out of the father towards the son. It's not about the father. It's an emotional response towards the son. And he wanted to show that love and he wanted to show that compassion, which causes us to ask a question in these moments. That love wasn't focused on the father. The compassion wasn't focused on the father. It was focused on the one that they loved who was far from home. So in these moments, you are naturally gonna have an emotional response. The question is, is your emotional response about your loved one or is it really about you? Who are your emotions targeted towards? Because it can get real convoluted in those moments. When your friend has disappointed you, this isn't just true when you're dealing with somebody far from home. This is conflict, this is life, this is, this is, this is Tuesday. That wasn't prophetic, it's just it's gonna happen, right? When you have these emotional responses, what are you doing with them? Are, are you targeting them all inward? Are you willing to be filled with love and compassion towards the other? Like this is key for us to think about. Let me show you how this plays out. So we talk about love and compassion being emotions that's targeted towards another person. Let me tell you some that can be more targeted towards self and more inward. One of those emotions, and this is not exhaustive by any means, but if you just think about it, one of those emotions is sadness that you can become so sad about what you've lost in that relationship, that hole that's there, the grief you're feeling because of the distance between you and that other person. You can become so sad that it becomes overwhelming and it becomes paralyzing. Okay, let me, here's a little pop quiz. Let me ask you this. If someone you love wanders far from home, you will feel sadness, yes or no? Yes, absolutely you will. That's a natural emotion. You are going to have moments and seasons of sadness. But if that is where you park, if that is where you stay, if your whole life is defined by sadness because of choices that someone else made, then you've paralyzed yourself in that moment and you've made your emotions about you instead of about how God can love through you to that other person. Does that make sense? All right, let me give you, sadness has a cousin named anger. They live right next door. And anger is when you go, I can't believe they did this. I never saw this happening. I can't believe they'd act like that. Do you know what they've done to me? Do you know how people think about me? Do you see, and that anger stirs up in those places. Now, if someone you love treats you in a way that is disrespectful, if someone you love treats you in a way that feels like betrayal, will you have anger, yes or no? Absolutely you will. It is a natural response. But if you stay there, it will consume you. And then you won't be able to get outside of your own self. So you wrestle with those moments of anger. You acknowledge them and then you say, God, how do you help me to turn that instead into love and compassion towards that person?
in those moments. Here's a little pro tip on, on this, just for a minute. Oftentimes, anger and sadness will visit the same house at the same time. And you'll have one parent, or you'll have one family member, or you'll have one friend who says, I just feel so, so sad because of what they're doing. And the other spouse will go, are you kidding me? Do you see what they're doing to us? Yeah, but aren't you sad for them? Yeah, I'll be sad for them when I get my hands on them, right? Do you know what I mean? And what happens is because you're both experiencing emotions that are typical in those moments, but you're having them at different times, because probably what's going to happen is that's Tuesday. By Friday, sadness feels anger, and anger feels sadness. True? And you're like, I don't know who's supposed to be mad right now. There's a tension that comes in those moments. To be aware of that is so key. And then say, even in those moments when our emotions are in conflict, God, what do you do to help us to turn that into compassion so that through those emotions, you can help us love that other person? Easier said than done, I know. Let me give you one more, a third third emotion that often is felt in these times that really can be turned inward if we're not careful, and it's pity. That you start to beat yourself up. If I'd have been a better friend, if I'd have lived my life more clearly for my spouse, apparently we must be failures as parents. And you start to think that you're to blame, that it's your fault. And what the enemy loves is if he can get you to a place where you're beating yourself up because of the choices that somebody else has made. And look, that pity feeling, again, it's natural. You're gonna feel that. If you're human, you're probably gonna wanna take some ownership. And if there are some things you need to take ownership of, then take ownership of those things. If you need to apologize, if you need to make things right, then don't be afraid to do that. But if you also need to recognize that we live in a fallen world where sometimes people make decisions that are unwise, that are reckless, and they're the choices that they've made, then don't beat yourself up for those things either. But be willing to acknowledge where you're at in these places. Look, tomorrow belongs to those who move forward, not those who stay in the past. And if you're just going to sit and beat yourself up, it's going to be hard to move that relationship forward. But it's hard. And you might go, yeah, but but you don't know what it's like to sit in our seat. And think, what if we'd done this different? What if we'd done that different? I've got just a few people in my life who I would just straight up call spiritual heroes. People who I have literally prayed in my life, God, the anointing that they have, I want that anointing on my life too. One of those people who's been in heaven for quite some time now, but had a huge impact in my life, had two sons. Grew up in the same house, same dad, same mom, same pastor's home. One of those sons went off and became a pastor and just recently, after over 50 years of ministry, retired himself from church ministry. The other son died younger than he should have because of consequences of his life as an alcoholic. How many times those parents asked, what do we do? How do we mess this up? What do we do wrong? And you know what the enemy would love for you to do? Ask that question over and over and over again. And blame yourself all day long. When the reality is, if you ever read the book of Genesis, God had two kids and he had a close relationship with them. And Adam and Eve messed it up before the end of the third chapter. Remember that? 
The reality is we live in a fallen world. Sometimes people make decisions that we don't get or understand. And when that pity comes knocking on your door, don't let it keep you from being filled with compassion. And know this, and I just, I just want to park here real quick. Like, like this prayer, when you pray, God, help me be filled with compassion, it's about your emotions, but it's also about your character. Because at some point, that son knew his father's character and knew that even if it was just as a servant, he knew his father well enough that he could go back home. This is huge. Let me take just a moment and speak to those of you that have been able to kind of work on your Instacart list for the last couple of moments because you're, you're, you're not so sure that this applies to you. Those of you that have like young children at home, can I encourage you right now in this time? You're playing the long game. In fact, we're all playing the long game. The decisions we make today have consequences, days, weeks, months, years from now. And it's about your character. It's about what your children see. And it's about them knowing that ultimately they can always come home. Let your children see your life with character. To see that lived out in your life. I don't mean to be a downer, but here's a newsflash. Those of you that are parents with young children, there's no guarantee. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, to say, hey, your child will be a prodigal someday. But I will guarantee this. Someday someone from the distant country is going to call to them. And you've got to make sure that they know how much you love them. And that they see a character in your life that says that they can always come home. Can I tell you, in years of ministry, one of the key things that I've seen is for faith to be passed on from generation to generation. It's key that children see consistency in the life and faith and belief of a parent from home to church. They see that consistency in their life. That they are who they claim to be. Parents, there's these moments where, where you might have to just show to your children love and grace. Are you showing your children that you're a person of character? That when there's moments when you need to apologize that you do that, that you're willing to make it right, that you choose to be present over being perfect. And some of you are overwhelmed because you're going, how am I supposed to raise a child in this kind of world? How do I do this in this season? Know that God has called you and he's put you in that place. He'll equip you to be the parent that he's called you to be. And just remember that in God's vineyard, in his orchard, he's called you to be a gardener. Parents, those little children that he's given to you are these trees that he's called you to tend. Now, they're in all kinds of different seasons. Have you noticed the older they get, the less, less flexible they get? <laughs> and so in these moments, you look at those trees and say, how can I help to tend this tree? The watering, the, the fertilizing, the pruning, the treating the soil, maybe even sometimes the replanting to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to raise up that child. What's scripture saying? The fear and admonition of the Lord. And that you're doing your best and you're watching for the fruit, monitoring the fruit to choose what you will do. And at the end of the day, make sure that your character is there. Make sure that your children see that. The prodigal son knew his father well enough to know that he could still come home. He knew that no matter what, he could still come home. But that's tricky. Because your, your prodigal might get it. But when you're out on the porch, your neighbor might not. Anybody ever had a nosy neighbor? You're extending love to that prodigal, 
And they're quick to go, can you see how he's acting? <laughs> Do you see what he's doing? I can't believe what their son did. I can't believe how they're treating this. And people will ask questions, and they will make statements, and they will judge, and they will feel good about it. And they will often not understand what's really going on in the heart of the person on the porch. True? In those moments, two things. You love through that. Go back to what we talked about last week. The father humiliated himself when he ran to that son. Do you think he cared what his neighbors thought? He sure didn't. And can I tell you this? If you're the neighbor, if you're watching what's going on over there on that porch, would you make a commitment not to judge but to pray with them instead? To love with them instead? To stand by them instead? And believe and help to love that person who's far from home, back home. And I know this, in church, I would challenge you with this. I've seen it enough times that when someone says, hey, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to come back home. Oftentimes, home is not the challenge. Oftentimes, it's not home that's the hardest. Oftentimes, when someone wants to come back, the hardest place for them to come back to is church. Because what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Or they used to know me as. Or they're going to see all my failures. Wouldn't it be great if this church would be a church that's known for loving people too much? And I hope you'll join us in that process as God is calling people home. Parents, make sure your prodigal knows this, to which you go, great preaching, Chad. Nobody's ever said that. But, um, <laughs> long, I've heard long. But, um, but how am I supposed to do that? Like, that's easier said than done. I'll pray for them to come to their senses. In fact, I'll, have, I'll help them knock them back to their senses. And I'll ask God to fill me with compassion. But when I've been through what I've been through, where does that come from? Let me give you a third prayer. Number three, I pray for the love of my heavenly Father. I pray for the love of my heavenly Father. Because without God's love, it sure is hard to love. <laughs> We read that passage from Ephesians 3 last week that says God's love is, is so big, it's so wide, it's so high, it's so deep that you can't even comprehend how big it is. And God, I need that love. If I'm gonna love that one, maybe who has hurt me so deeply, Luke chapter 15, verse 20. Son comes back, says, Dad, I, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. And before he can get any further, as he's going through his little sermon that he practiced, Dad goes, time out, time out, I'll be, I'll be right with you. He says, quick to the servants, bring the best robe. Pop quiz, who did the best robe belong to? Anybody remember from last week? It was the fathers, it was dads, right? Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. Forget Chick-fil-A, you bring the fattened calf. We're feeding the whole neighborhood. You kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Why? For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He's lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What do we know about this love that we're looking for from this story? Well, one, it's an unconditional love. It's a love that's not based on what you've done or who you are. It is an unconditional love. And can I challenge you 
That as you show love to that person in your life who is far from God, ask God to help you make it an unconditional love. Does that mean there's no boundaries? No, you gotta set up boundaries, don't you? And there may be moments, we don't have time to unpack this, but there may be moments where you have to make tough choices or have tough love. That's a different sermon. But you can have tough love and unconditional love at the same time, true? You can make wise decisions and yet let someone know they're always welcome home at the same time. And that's a huge thing in our lives. To offer that unconditional love. Why is that such a big deal? Because, 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 when you offer unconditional love, there's a really good chance it will be rejected. When you show love to that person who is far away, there's a good chance they'll reject it. And I would say that that chance is exponentially better today than in other seasons of time that I've known. Because we live in a world right now where the whole climate and the culture is if I have one opinion and you have another one and we don't agree, we won't agree to disagree. There's no way to say, well, hey, I know we don't see things the same way, but I know you love me. Our culture right now is if you don't see things the way that I see them, you don't love me. True? And so if you don't love me, then I'm just going to push you away. You can call it cancel culture. You can call it human nature. You can call it whatever you want. But that's the predominant tone in our culture right now. And so if you extend love to someone, but they don't think that you love them because you say, well, you don't agree with my choices or you don't agree with my lifestyle or you don't this or you don't that, and they push you away, please know that that's still a chance where you go, yeah, but I'm going to love you unconditionally. I'm still going to show that love to you no matter what. What happened in this story is the prodigal found out that the door he slammed shut was still open. He turned his back, his dad opened his arms. He said, I still love you, and I'm still waiting for you to come home. Now, look, don't, uh, don't pack your stuff up yet. We got a little bit more work we want to do with this text before we're done. But I want to stop and pray real quick. In fact, if you're watching online, listening to this, you're in the room, Auditorium 2, Chapel, wherever, just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Because here's what I know. I know it because I just, as we were singing the last song today, I just did a quick survey of those of you that I know that may be spending some time on your porch. You're waiting and you're watching for someone. And I just want to pray for you right now. Before we go any further, I want to pray that God will help you while you're on the porch waiting. Lord, I pray for my friends in this room on the other end of technology somewhere, who I know are on the porch and they're waiting for a son or a daughter, for a mother or a father, for a spouse, for a friend. They're waiting for him to come home. And there's been glimmers of hope and there's probably been days of hopelessness. And today, Lord, we put those relationships, those situations in your hands. Father, I ask that you'd give them wisdom, that they would know the right words to say, and they'd know the right times to not say any words. (laughs) God, that you'd give them insight into the heart of their child or their friend, and that you would fill them with compassion 
And Father, I pray you'd give them the strength to persevere with an unconditional love. A love that might not even make sense to them, but one that comes from you. And Father, for the one that feels like the situation is hopeless, would today be a day that's hopeful? Lord, would you fill them with hope by reminding them that no matter how much they love that person in their life who's far from home, God, that you love them more. And you're pursuing that loved one. You are actively seeking their heart. You are sending people their way, putting situations in place to show them your goodness and your love. Lead them and draw them back home. Father, thank you for your grace in our lives. Lord, would you fill our hearts with an unconditional love? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, one more quick thing, and we'll, we'll go to communion here in just a moment. But can I show you that it's a sacrificial love? Just, just so you know, like, if, if you're the one who's sitting on the porch, like, if you're the one who's there waiting, it's going to cost you something. Like, there's a burden that comes with it when you're in those times and in those places. It's in your heart. And it's a sacrifice that's going to come your way. He says, he says bring the rope, and bring the ring, and bring the sandals, and kill Bessie. Because <laughs> this kid's getting our very best. It was a sacrificial love that he was willing to give. Do you know how I know that? Not only because it's the whole tone in this story, because it's actually the whole tone in this book. There's over 1,100 chapters in this book, and we already mentioned that Adam and Eve messed it up before the end of chapter three. <laughs> what a story. God has this incredible relationship with humanity, and they lose it before you even get past the introduction. And then the whole rest of this book, every other chapter, every other page, it's all about how God goes to great lengths to restore relationship back between him and his prodigal. And that's you and me. So when you're waiting on the porch, remember you're in good company because we have a heavenly father who waited for you to come home, who's waiting for your loved one to come home. And maybe you're the one who's, who's listening to this, watching this, sitting here today, and you're going, I'm the one who needs to come home. Here's what God did for you, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? <laughs> he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He sacrificed. See, it's in the sacrifice that love has the power to change lives. And he sacrificed so that you and I could know him. The reality of this story is this. We are all prodigals in need of our Father's sacrificial love to call us home. And so that's why we come to communion today. I'm going to invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. 
There's a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It's just before the, the passage that we'll read in here in a few moments about communion. And, and right after it, actually, Paul says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they come to the Lord's table. So would you do that for a moment? Would you examine your heart? Like, how are things between you and God right now? Do you need to ask him for forgiveness? Do you need to ask him for strength? Do you need to ask him for perseverance? Do you, do you need to ask him for his help? Is there some place maybe where there's a strain in your relationship between you and him where you need to say, God, I need to trust you with this in my life? Or maybe it could be you're saying today, Chad, I think I'm far from home. And what I need today is just to, I need to come home. There's no better moment than right now to say, Jesus, will you forgive my sins? Will you be Lord of my life? And to give Jesus your, your heart, your life today. And say, Jesus, I give myself to you. In just a moment, we're going to share in the communion elements together. But before we do, the worship team's going to come and they're going to sing a song that the team has specifically written just for this series. You're going to hear the story of the prodigal in this. And you're going to hear the work that Jesus did in this and our hope in this. And as you listen to the words of this song, would you let God's spirit speak to your heart? Just remind you of who he is, how much he loves you. And Father, if there's things in this moment that we need to make right with you, then God, we offer this moment to you. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your sacrifice. We remember it in Jesus' name. Let's search our hearts as we listen to the words of this song together. In the moments of confusion When my mind is led astray Through the lies and disillusions I was buried by the way Days my heart feels weary. Oh, you've never turned away. God, you never turned away. And out of the ashes, you create beauty. You take what's broken and make it whole. And even while running, you remain near me. The heart of the Father is calling me whole. The heart of the Father is calling me whole. When the world has left me searching yeah, for a joy I never find. Treasures leave me lonely, my God, cause only He can satisfy, oh He always satisfies, 
to come home if you take the communion element with me and as you open it and prepare to take the bread we'll read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that says for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, if we're honest, we've all been prodigals. We've all had moments when we've wandered our own way. And Jesus, thank you for your broken body. Because of your sacrifice, we can know life. We have salvation. In Jesus' name, let's share in the bread together. the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes and so father we thank you for this cup that represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ so thank you that your word says that there is life blood Lord we read that there's forgiveness in the blood and so for all of us who need forgiveness today we say thank you and there is healing in the blood and so for all of us who need healing today we say thank you and there is hope in the blood of Jesus Christ and a reminder that it is that blood, the sacrifice, the forgiveness, the grace that reaches even to the one who is so far from home. And so we thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus' name. Let's share in the cup together. Can I ask you to stand with me, if you would, please? And today, just a, just a couple of thoughts before we head out. If, if you kind of prayed today as we were examining our own hearts that you needed forgiveness and grace from Jesus, maybe in a way like you never did before, would you stop by the New Here area? We would love to pray with you, give you a Bible that you can easily read and understand, talk with you a little bit more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If you're watching online, there's a place you can click that just talks about Jesus where you can learn more about him. We're starting something new today as well. Right after the service, we've got a Zoom group that you can jump into. If you'd like someone to pray with you or you wanna know more about being a follower of Jesus, there's a link that's right there in the comment section wherever you're watching. We would love to have you join us in that Zoom group if you're watching us live here right now. So thankful that you are here today. Let me pray for you as we go. Father, thank you for your love for us that loves each and every one of us prodigals and reaches to the ones we love who are far from home. Lord, would you help us through your spirit to be filled with love and compassion? And especially for those who are finding themselves on the porch today, Lord, would you give them a hope that can only come from you? Lord, as we go from here, would you go with us? Send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.